Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we interview mistresses who might tell you what to do and share our stories to whatever degree we feel comfy in an effort to talk about sex and learn about our own desires so we can make the world a sexier, more loving place. Our guest today is a professional BDSM consultant and queer lifestyle dominatrix. Owner of Dungeon East, she is an educator, provocateur, and an all-around badass bitch who offers classes in person, which I have been to, online, and also does private tutorials. In addition, she hosts BDS Femme, a play party for cis and trans women, which I have not yet been to, but is on my bucket list. She has been interviewed and profiled galore, appearing in Los Angeles Magazine and Playboy, and featured in Nylon, LA Weekly, Time Out Los Angeles, BuzzFeed, and Salon. She's also appeared as herself on A&E Lifetime, Epic's VH1, and an upcoming remake of House Party. Welcome, Mistress Justine Cross. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk to you. It was at your Dungeon East open house in January 2018 where I met a kinky couple and had like the best kinky threesome of my life as a result and went into a cage for the first time. And I was like, oh shit, I love cages. Ah, I didn't know. So like, <laughs> like you have been so such a formative part of like my personal kink explorations and I'm so grateful to have you here. So can you start off by just telling us a little bit about your work? Like how would you say you're making the world a sexier, more loving place? And tell us your professional origin story, pretty please. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, that's a lot. Like, thank you so much. That makes me so happy to hear when I bring people together and, you know, other kinky people find each other and have awesome experiences. And you just never know what's going to happen when you wander into the dungeon. So that's awesome. I mean, yeah, like I do the open house or we call it like the S&M social now. So it's just, that's a really wonderful, like kind of step one to get into the space and meet other people that are kinky, check out the studio and the toys and everything, as well as like other doms and stuff. So it's a cute little cocktail party and I do a lot of classes. So 
we've been doing since 2020, since the pandemic, doing a lot of classes and developed a lot more before I just kind of taught a BDSM 101 class once in a while. Mm-hmm. And actually, usually not even at my own dungeon, it was just when people hired me to do stuff, I'd teach a class there. So doing a lot of classes. And now that we're able to meet in person, we're doing those hybrids. So even if you can't come to downtown LA, even if downtown LA, sometimes you can't get to downtown LA. So (laughs) we'll get me connected virtually as well. So it's a hybrid version. And then, you know, all of those classes have been recorded. So they're up as well. And then, you know, yeah, also just like the play party BDS femme, that's a space for cis and trans women that I do. And it's another just really great space for newbies to come, but the oldies come too, and just have a really beautiful space to play in with other women. And, you know, I always say you don't have to identify as gay, but you probably will be before you leave. But yeah, I mean, all all of that and more is always on my website, losangelesdominatrix.com. So start there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I will say Mistress Justine Cross has an excellent newsletter that I get. Like, it's always full of like fun, cool stuff. That's great. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I personally write it every week. Okay. (laughs) And which I actually very much enjoy. It's it's very fast. I actually write my partner's newsletters. I'm like, do-do-do-do-do. So yeah, that's also fun. It's once a week. I give you what's up with me, the schedule for myself, the dungeon, and people always tell me that they laugh when they're reading it. And I I usually include a sexy photo, so you'll probably get turned on. So I think those are very good reasons to sign up and open the newsletter, learn a thing or two. (laughs) Yeah. And I love just how you share your like life adventures in them too. This is off topic, but are you an air sign by any chance? Like, why do you like writing so much? I'm an Aquarius. Okay. (laughs) That's it. That's air sign and community. Yep. That's a newsletter. Okay. (laughs) So will you tell us a little bit about your origin story? Like, how did you get here? Like, what happened? What was your training (laughs) along the way? And also you, I experience you as a very, you know, creator of community, which is very Aquarian. But how did that kind of evolve in your life as a dominatrix? My origin story is in high school, actually, my friends gave me a book. I was a teenage dominatrix by Shauna Kenny. And they said, I just think you should do this. And it was really funny. And then a few years later, after I graduated from college, because, you know, I have degrees in the liberal arts, I kind of had to be a sex worker. Um, (laughs) I called them and I said, I'm doing this now. (laughs) I'm calling you from the dungeon. Hey, so that and then, you know, the community, it was I wasn't seeing like the events or or things that I wanted to go to happen. So I just created them myself. Like, you know, and even not in the BDSM world, like I run a lesbian book club because there wasn't a lesbian book club for me in Los Angeles. So I said, oh, I'm just going to make one. Okay, fine. Like, oh, there wasn't a queer clothing swap happening. Oh, so I'm just going to make one. I have a space. Oh, there isn't a party for all women. And there still isn't. There are still no parties that are just for women. And I think that's really, really important. And I know that it is because that's what people tell me every single time we have it. So it was just sort of like this need of like, I want these things to be happening and now I'm going to make them happen. But now it's like starting to be like, okay, I want to go to someone else's event. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like I asked totally. my friends, like, well, who else is throwing a cool party that we can go to? And they're like, honestly, like there's other stuff, but they're like, yours is still the best. Like we just go to yours, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I have the bar so high of like how I want it to be run and, yeah. and how welcoming I want it to be and just making people feel really comfy and excited to be there. Yeah. Can you share some of those details? Like how do you like to run it? Like what do you put in place to make sure that people feel that sort of comfort? 
Well, definitely at the play parties, like there's a lot of staff members and they're clearly identified, but I hire people who are not just really great at their craft of BDSM. I hire people who are really friendly, you know, and so I want people walking around and talking to people and I walk around and talk to a lot of people too, but it's funny because like I'm really tall and intimidating, I guess, like, cause I'm just like like a six foot tall latex Barbie and Louboutins and, you know, I'm going around and talking to people and being nice and, and asking them questions and being really social and, you know, that's receptive, but people are still really afraid to talk to me because my friend JP is the bartender and she says, people keep coming up to me and being like, I'm scared. I'm scared to talk to her. And she just says, no, just go to talk. She's totally fine. It's, it's cool. It's like really nice. And a friend of mine who works at Master Alexis, like we're both just super tall. And she's like, I don't know how to be nicer or talk to people more. I said, I think everyone's just intimidated because we're so beautiful. (laughs) We're so so beautiful, so tall. And because you're the mistress of the space. I know some people don't even know, but I think it's really important because it's like when I go to other events and not just like kinky or sexy or BDSM events, like you don't really necessarily see a visible host or staff people like walking around to like mix the room. And that's, what's really important where it's like, I've been to events and I just see like people just kind of like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to like stand by the wall or like stand over here. It's like seventh grade, you know, dinner dance or whatever. So it's just so important to me. And I love people. I'm super extroverted and social. And it was like the pandemic was really hard because I was like, oh, wait, I need to like line up 20 cocktail dates. But now I can finally like go out and like talk to people and work the room. And it's so fun and exciting for me to do that. And then people say, wow, I just felt really comfortable. And I felt like there was people we could talk to and it was nice. And sometimes it's not even about the play that happens there, but it's the healing that happens there or the play that happens for next time mm-hmm. or the connection that you make that you have a private play date, yeah. you know? And I, I just sent out a survey for one of my events and some people said, oh, well, just a lot of people were just not playing. And I'm like, well, were you one of them? Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> bring your own stuff around here. You know, I'm not, I brought the furniture, you bring the spanking. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Manicure to the bone. I like, I set up the hors d'oeuvres. I mean, I didn't set up the hors d'oeuvres, but it's like, look, there's cheese, there's snacks, there's butts, there's spanking horse. (laughs) Go to town, you know? But yeah, I I really do enjoy those kinds of things. And it makes me happy hearing how many people meet at these different places and they meet their play partner, they meet their best friend, they meet like a hiking buddy. And it's just a really great space to connect with everyone. Yeah. And to any listeners who have not yet gone online and looked at this space, it's beautiful. Dungeon East is beautiful. What was the path leading up to having this space and how long have you had it? Yeah, you can go check out Dungeon East at DTLADungeon.com. So while the path to me getting it is actually (laughs) finding out that someone copied all of my copy and then eventually getting that dungeon. (laughs) So... Yeah. Anyway, so uh, don't do that. Um, But um, yeah, I've had that space and I used to own another space called Dungeon West and I started that one in like 2009, I guess. I had it for almost 10 years before I had to close it. Yeah, I guess or maybe 2011. I had it for almost close to 10 years. And then I did close it during the pandemic in 2020 because of just, it was like October of 2020 and I had no idea what was going to happen. And I was like, can't, can't do that. So but yeah, the space now, it's its all white. It's, you know, it's been called like the Apple store of dungeons or like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like very beautiful, very clean lines. It has this custom made marquee sign that says, yes, mistress, that you've probably seen out and about. It's showed up in photo shoots, selfies, porn, lifetime, yeah. probably almost everything in the last 10 years that's been on mainstream media that has been recorded in a dungeon was probably at one of my two spaces. 
they're just very iconic and professionally run and just well appointed. So, and spacious because I, I definitely have been in some spaces where it's like, oh, there's not enough room for a long lens yeah. shot or something. You feel like you know? you're in an actual dungeon. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, who's that guy on the floor chained to the, oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very spacious. It's very spacious. <laughs> so, do you identify as a sex worker? Yes, I do. I very strongly identify as a sex worker, even though in terms of what I do with professional BDSM, I'm not having, you know, pee and vagine sex for sure, sure. clients. <laughs> so, you know, what I'm doing is, you know, a fantasy, it's sexual, it's sexy, but I'm not, I'm not doing anything that ends in job. Yeah. yeah. Is how I, I phrase it. But yeah. Can you tell us what some of your like favorites or specialties are? Like what clients are the best for you? <laughs> the wealthy unattached ones. No, the things that I do the most are, you know, I've been seeing a lot of my clients for over 10 years. I've been doing this for almost wow. 20 years. It's which it is I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> the things that I do like tease and denial, electroplay, foot fetish, corporal, just kind of like the sort of like basic run of the mill BDSM things, but I'm anything but basic because it's like I'm bringing everyone to a really high place when we're doing these activities. And it's like, I think that there's a lot of people that are, one of my clients phrased it best where he said, if someone is as skillful as you, they're not as good looking as you. And if they're as good looking as you, they're not as skillful as you. And on top of all that, you clearly love what you do and you're excited about it. Yeah. And I think that that's the best humble brag I can do about like what I do and how I do it because I feel like the sessions that I do are very different. They really run a gamut from pretty light and fun and playful to some pretty heavy stuff, but I'm not really known in my industry for a very particular fetish or skill. That's so cool. What was your learning process like? Like you are a teacher now. You, I'm sure, teach lots of people. I've been to a couple of your workshops. I got flogged real good in January. What was the path to your education like? Uh, you went to Jordan's flogging workshop? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's the best. Yeah. She, Jordan teaches the flogging and the bondage. I don't do that. I, yeah. You know, but then you great. guys came in at the end and did a scene together. And it was so hot oh, and beautiful. Yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> I know. We call it the, the flogging mistresses. Yeah. So my path was, I started, I mean, I did it in my, a little, I dabbled in my personal life. And then when I moved out here after college, I, well, I have degrees in psychology and literature and I Googled Los Angeles and dungeon and I started working at that dungeon and I was working wow. there for like about a year and a half. And it's really like a dumb and like exploratory experience because, you know, the business is, I mean, it doesn't exist anymore, so it kind of doesn't matter, but it wasn't a positive or empowering experience. It was more like, oh, what not to do? Oh, um, because they start as a submissive, which is not who I am and irrelevant because, you know, it's not like they trained me, but then eventually I met someone who actually just came back around in my life. <laughs> She's like, look, you need to go independent. What are you doing? Like you need to go and here's like this person. And so then I became independent. So I wasn't working at a house anymore, which meant that I was setting my own rates and mm -hmm. taking all my own clients and doing stuff like that. And then from there I was, you know, renting out other spaces and, realizing I'm paying someone's mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to do that. I wanted to get the space. So I made Dungeon West and then that went really well. So I was running myself, Justine Cross as a business and Dungeon West as a business, a lot of overlap, but two different businesses. And then I doubled down and I got Dungeon East, 
So running that, I don't know how I did that for so long. I mean, I had help. I like hired people, but then, you know, like I said, I closed Dungeon West and I'll just have me and Dungeon East. So still yeah. a lot. still seems yeah. like so much. Amazing. Can you give us a little overview of what like a day in the life or week in the life or month or year in the life is like for you? <laughs> totally different every day. Okay. I will tell you I'm a creature of habit. I will pretty much get up at the same time every day, look at social media for half an hour, okay. have breakfast, work out do some more work, have a smoothie, have lunch, do more work, whatever that is. The work can be like doing backend admin stuff, which I'm constantly sourcing more out, (laughs) you know, doing sessions in person. I also am doing a pretty robust like online sex work and pretty regular (laughs) mealtime and then maybe more work going out. Again, I'm very social, so I'm very happy that we can go out and do more things now. Yeah, I work a lot, but I take a lot of breaks and, you know, self-care and all of those kinds of things. And I have like a pretty good life. So I go out with my girlfriend every week. I go out with my sub every week and plan lots of trips and vacations and it's pretty good. So, yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm sure some of our listeners will be curious what online work you just mentioned that you do. Yes. Well, I think I just bought the domain virtualjustinecross.com. So you can go there. <gasps> nice. For links. But again, just, just go to my website, losangelesdominatrix.com. So all the virtual stuff that I do is, you know, in terms of sessions, like I do text sessions, phone sessions, webcam sessions. I also have various clip sites, so short videos that I do. I love doing custom videos. That's so much better for me because I like interacting with a person. So if you give me a script, I love that so much more. (laughs) It's really hard for me to just talk at the camera. And then I've also been doing a lot of, well, sort of two things in consulting. I've been doing this sort of like dominatrix therapist thing where I like, you know, tell people all their problems in like an hour. I was hour. literally Googling that a couple months ago. I was like, where are the doms that are therapists? <laughs> like a life dom, like yeah, a real life I'm not dom. a licensed therapist. So it's all like, you know, tongue in cheek. I'm not going to yeah. like, you know, help you if you're going through an actual crisis or something. I refer you to people, but yeah, you know, just sort of like helping people like work through some like icky stuff that they need, like sort of like the DMT version of ayahuasca, shorter, right. more intense. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to get you somewhere, you know, and then I'm also doing consulting, like in my industry of terms of like within sex work, if you're already an established sex worker and you want to like move more into BDSM or do something different or you're a dom and you want me to go like do a deep dive for you. So doing those kinds of things and just kind of also just helping people kind of talk through their sort of like, I guess the kind of like issues about BDSM and like, I just kind of help them like very actionable steps of like what to do and how to do it. Not so much like. I'm going to talk to you about your childhood for like four weeks. You know, it's like a very like direct in, this is what's happening for you. This is what you need to do. And it's like very effective. These people like take my advice. I won't see them again. They're like off and running and like, they're like submitting films to Cannes and like, it's, it's done. I'm I'm like, good. (laughs) I need need more people to come to me so I can tell them what to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is it mostly sex workers that you're working with? Or do you also see people who are like trying to expand their lifestyle selves? No, it's everyone. And that's what I'm saying. So it's like, if you're coming to me, like for the consulting part about like your specific sex work business, then yes, those are all sex workers. But in terms of like the other side of it, where it's like sort of like this BDSM, like life coaching thing, it's like not at all sex workers. And it's like people who really run the gamut, like a lot of different people are coming in to do that. And also it's sort of like, 
doing consulting for couples or one person who's in a couple trying to navigate this. And like, I've already seen it all. I see what happens. So it's like easier for me to figure this out. But again, like, you know, if there's other things going on in that person's life, I'm referring them to certain programs or certain therapists. Like I'm helping you fix like why you can't like get over like that you want to be spanked. (laughs) Like, you know, yeah, 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 you want to do it. Yeah. I feel like one of the things I hear the most often from people who are like, I'm trying to be a dom, but I just keep laughing. Like, do you ever have those types of people come in? Yeah. I just did a class on top exploring your dominant persona and someone Mm -hmm. is saying like, we just start like giggling. And I said, Mm -hmm. is it because quite honestly, this is really fucking silly. Like I'm wearing a cat woman suit and I'm like, you know, toying with you or something. It is silly. It's like funny. Or is it like a nervousness? And they said, mm-hmm. okay, it's a nervousness. They said, okay, well, you need to set a timer and say, okay, for the first 15 minutes of this scene, we're going to giggle and we're going to laugh. And we're going to get all the sillies out and shakies yeah. out and just like, ah, but then we're going to get serious, yeah. you know? And because you have to kind of stop yourself to allow yourself to get to that place. And, you know, sometimes like when I'm picking up on the nervous energy of someone else, like my response is to just make them laugh a lot, which works well. You've spent time with me, we're laughing, you know, but sometimes I need to stop myself because I'm just making them laugh so hard that we can't even get into the session Yeah, because it's like top drawer shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Can you tell us what are like the sexiest or least sexy or favorite, least favorite parts of your work? I think anything that involves poop is not sexy. Not so much when it's like when it's poop that we know is going to happen, like doing things with butts. There's poop yeah. there. We know this. We're all adults. That's not the problem. Yeah, you yeah. expect a little poop when you're doing some anal play. That's fine. It's the unexpected poops that I really, I'm just really trying to keep away from me. Unexpected poops, not cool. Okay. And I won't go into details about those until I write the memoir. Okay. And there will be a chapter called Unexpected Poop. Okay? I'm really excited I'm gonna for write it already. I'm right now is that chapter, Unexpected Poop. Please do. Do, you do not want it. And you know, one of my friends said like, you know, 
if you want to become a sex worker, because people would always say like, oh, I want to be a dominatrix. I want to be a dominatrix. And she would say, my first question to them would be, do you like the smell of shit? Do you like constantly cleaning up shit? And if the answer is no, you better go back to the, uh, you know, the secretarial pool or something. No, you should be a sex worker if you want to. It's, it's great. But yeah, I think that's what's unsexy. I think, I think what's been happening for me lately is that because I'm doing so many events and people see me and or the dungeon and or my partner who teaches these classes, but really is a hip. I mean, what she does is her profession. She's a hypnotherapist and leads cannabis assisted journey work and does sound baths also at the dungeon. But I think people are really coming to us and like dropping a lot of well, I guess this is falls under the unexpected poop category, dropping a lot of shit off at our door. And it's like this, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> like, we're, we're not that place, you know? And I, I think that's what's been not as great lately where, you know, a lot of people are coming in with a lot of stuff going on for them and we need to take them out of our environment because it's not a good place for them right now. And, you know, moving them away and giving them resources to find better help. I think that that's like definitely unsexy because it takes me out of it and, yeah. you know, takes other people out of it and, you know, dealing with that. And I know it, it's so hard right now. Like, you know, we, we weren't okay before. And then, you know, like, you know, all this stuff happened and it's, it's really hard. I get that, but I, I'm always hopeful and I'm always like, there are solutions out there. Let's all drink some more water, yeah. go outside for a walk. No, that's not going to cure if you have a major depressive disorder, but it's going to help. And maybe it will help you from not inappropriately dumping on people who are not qualified, able to deal with what's going on for you. You know? Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you know. I'm sure you know. I, I really do. And I would see, I've definitely seen an uptick since the pandemic. And I also, you know, there are very few spaces that people feel safe. And you're one of the 3D spaces. I imagine that anyone who's, you know, having kinky proclivities, like, could come and feel safe. So I could imagine how that creates a particular uptick for you, especially because you do have an air of authority where, like, for the last four years, I've been like, no, no, don't ask me questions. No, 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 no. And I'm only just now being like, fine, yes, I do help. Yeah, I do consult. Yeah, I do do erotic photo and video for couples. But, like, don't ask me questions, you know, because because I have been afraid of that. And I just kind of like push it away. So, but what are your favorite parts? What are the sexiest parts? What's the stuff that lights you up? Really everything else. Like, you know, I was thinking about this and like what, you know, as I'm um, constantly like upping my, my business plan <laughs> and figuring yeah. out what I want to do. And it's like, you know, I said to my um, a consultant and, and also my therapist, I said, I love everything about this. I love the work. I love connecting with people. I love throwing parties. I love hosting classes. I love helping people. And, you know, sometimes it's an immediate, oh my God, thank you. That like blew my mind. That was amazing. And sometimes it's like, you know, five years later, someone sends me a DM and they're like, you know, I recently transitioned and I just came out and I've been meaning to send you this for a really long time, but you were one of the first people who really saw me mm -hmm. when we sessioned. And wow. that meant so much to me. And like that, like gave me like the push that I needed to go do other stuff. And, you know, that's what's really awesome, you know, and, and people tell me like, oh, I found my wedding dress at your clothing swap or I met my best friend there. <laughs> like, you know, it's like really like interesting stuff. Like I am quite the hub here. So all of that, like I love and it's like, look, like, I mean, I get to do really nice, fancy things with my life, like yeah. because of 
the connections and, and people that I know, but also it's pretty lucrative and I get to do nice, fancy things and travel, which I love to do. So everything else, except for the unexpected poop chapter, it's really <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> yeah. What about favorite toys or implements? You know, my current favorites right now are canes. Mm-hmm. Mean. I just love canes. Like, and I, I have so many. I'm like in my, my personal little, you know, collection over here and stuff in my little dungeonette here. Yeah, I'd have to say canes. You know, it's weird because it's like I, I kept making this joke during the pandemic. Like if a dominatrix whips someone like or like what is like if a tree falls in the woods and no one is there to hear it. Like, you know, it's like and I just felt like as if a dominatrix is like alone in her room, like whipping like is there anyone there to hear it because I just feel like so much of it is still not like there and it's like I really love doing electro play and using my arrows text box and like I'm seeing people in person sessions but no one is requesting that or asking Mm. for that and I think oh I really love to do that but that's not happening you know and which is fine it's you know it's a service industry you do what people ask you to do as long as you want to do it yeah so yeah, definitely canes my nails, always my nails. So. Yeah. I was looking at them. They're really cool looking. They're like, you have different colors. Thank you. That's yes. Cool. I'm about to get redone tomorrow, but yes. Damn. These are all mine too, by the way. <laughs> nice. Oh, cool. That's really cool. Do you have any anything to say about shame? Yeah. I have a lot to say about shame. Is that like, it's it's no surprise that we are kink shamed because we're sex shamed and we're body shamed. And there's a lot of shame, unfortunately, in our society. And even more so if you're in, you know, certain cultures and certain religions, and there's a lot of shame. And I always tell people like, look, if you were raised in a, in an environment that you were shamed for like the first 18, 20 years of your life, it's just going to take a minute to unwind all that shit. Like you're not going to just brush it off and take it off and, be like, yeah, I have no shame anymore. Like when you've had these messages for so long and not necessarily anyone around to correct you, because I think that we're a more sex positive and more kink positive society, but yet we're also seeing this incredibly scary conservative backlash where we're like not allowed to be gay. We're not allowed to be drag queens. And like, that's like the problem, but clearly it's not. So again, I always try to be positive, but you know, sometimes we don't even have people that are okay. So all of our messages are from when we're growing up and we're learning these things, but then we might escape that, or we kind of leave our family of origin. And then we sometimes get into a friend group or with other adults that like have similar shame and they're going to shame you and they're going to shame themselves. Like, and you're not going to be in a safe space with your adult lady friends to be like, oh, wow, I just like saw, I accidentally walked into my partner and they were jerking off. And then you have all these friends say, oh my God, they're he's cheating on you. Like people oh. believe that. And oh. it's just like, oh, honey, yeah, no. You know, and so I, I think that's like hard. So, but I, I see so many, not just sex workers, but other sex positive people, like podcasts like this and therapists and TV shows and all these things, like doing so much to combat all that. So it's not shameful. I mean, Netflix had a show, How to Build a Sex Room. Yeah. That's huge. That's amazing. Which is a good show. Have you watched the show? I like the design. I don't know if I like all of her therapy. I haven't watched it yet. I need to, I haven't been watching TV. I need a TV dom. I need someone to be like, go watch this and just go in order. But um, I'm adding that to my list. Well, I'm just going to tell you to watch Golden Girls. So, okay. I will do that. That's the best one. That's the best one. one. Everything else is just trying to recreate the magic. 
imagine that you're also a secret keeper, like on the note of shame. You know, I was just on a live stream last night talking to a past guest and, you know, he's, well, I bet you have a lot of insight on this. He's one of the many people I've spoken to who's like super into butt stuff, can't talk about it with his friends. Like they still joke about being gay. They still, you know, they still kind of have the like sex negative group shaming alpha male situation going on. Their wives don't know, but they, you know, we were talking about like, on the chat sites he, he's on, I wonder if he ever like meets any of his guy friends but doesn't know about it, you know? And so are you a secret keeper for people? Can you talk a little bit about butt stuff and just how many dudes are into <laughs> Like, I know I'm in a skewed bubble, but I'm just like, why are we still pretending? Yeah, well, another point that I would like to make is that we're obviously going to have sex shaming and kink shaming because we don't even have sex education. I know that's we're not even starting from a place of just having facts about our bodies and what happens when our bodies touch other bodies. Yeah. And we're not even taught about bodily autonomy. Yeah. Really. So all of that is unfortunately sometimes a perfect storm. So back to this guy about his butt stuff. First of all, like fucking all of his friends are into butt stuff, right? Yeah. I promise you, yeah. like they're all into it. They just, no one wants to crack first. They just, they, I mean, like there's a little, a bit of this, like my lady doth protest too much energy yes. because of course they're all into butt stuff. Of course they are like, but um, no, I mean, I think that it's like, again, like to me, it's so common in my circles to just, always talk about sex and kink and that's so normal. And I know that that is not what happens with other people and it's not happening with other friend groups. I mean, the internet is a beautiful place and you can find other people to talk to you about butt stuff. But, you know, the running joke I always have is like when someone's like, oh my gosh, don't tell so-and-so I'm kinky. And then so-and-so comes over to me is like, shh, don't tell that person over there that I'm kinky. We're all, it's all happening, you know? And then, like, you're all kinky. You're all into butt stuff. It's okay. Like, just, you know, but I just wonder, like, what do people talk about? Like, I guess sports? I don't know. I, you know, and I think that it's like this thing where we're not talking about the things that really matter or that are really important to us. And we just end up talking about like stupid shit all the time. And it's like, I try to have more quality conversations, but yes, I am the secret keeper and it's not always fun Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I encourage people to have authentic relationships and to not lie. And the, the first person you need to have an authentic relationship with is yourself. <laughs> you need to have a coming out to yourself and say, yeah. I like butt stuff. I will do it right now. Hi, I'm Justine. I totally love butt stuff. Hi, I'm Wyo. I love butt stuff. I'm a very butt slut. <laughs> butt stuff is great. I love the butt stuff. So you know, you have to be honest with yourself about those things. And then you can communicate that to another person. And the more we communicate, like what we actually like want and find those people who want to do things with us, because again, we have access to the internet and the world is a big place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will find someone who wants to do those things with you and, you know, needs to do those things with you. It's like, I had a friend who you know, I mean, and we put a lot of pressure in our society about getting married and coupledom and, you know, all of these things, which I don't really feel the pressure for, but I've also been in relationships for like over 10 years. But my friend was saying like, I just don't know if I, if I'll ever meet someone I like. And, you know, and I was like, well, what do you want? And she said, well, I just want to meet someone who wants to live in my house with me and like raise a dog and have a baby together. And I'm like, 
that's like a really typical thing. That's like very, that's like half the planet wants that shit. Yeah. Especially if you live in the house already, you know, like what, yeah. this is very common. This isn't like, if someone said to me, like, I really want someone who's going to like put needles in me and put me in a sleep sack and like, yeah, you know, drink piss every day and maybe get into some poop stuff. I don't know. Like, I'd say like, maybe you're not going to find someone to do that for you. Yeah. Who's going to do all these other things. You might have to hire out, but you know, foot fetish, these certain things, you know, I, I was talking to someone like, God, probably like last year on the phone and he was talking to me about his fantasies and it was a young guy. And I said to him, okay. And he said, well, I can't get my wife into this or I don't want to. And the complicated mental gymnastics he had to go through to make this okay was so complicated. I can't possibly get into it in the next like 20 minutes that we have left. But the point is, is that I asked him, how long have you been married? And he said, two years. And I said, okay, how long have you been with this person? And he said, five, but I've known her for seven. And I said, okay, how long have you known that you were kinky? And he said, oh, all my life. I've always known I was kinky. And he said that with zero self-awareness. And I said, okay, so you knew your entire life that you wanted this thing. It was that important to you that you kept it secret and you haven't shared it and you pay people to participate in it and you're doing all these things, et cetera, et cetera. But it wasn't important enough for you to share it with the person that you are married to and living with, I'd really sit with that. Yeah. And then clearly they never called me again on night flirt, but right, right, right. <laughs> what is going on for people? And, but I get it. Like, I get it because it's like, then you share this with the partner or person you're dating and they shame you. They run mm-hmm. away. Like mm-hmm. I have a client who we're friends with and, but he's also dating and you know, we don't even session that much anymore, but we hang out a lot. And because of our deal. And, you know, when I say hang out, you know, yeah, yeah. travel. Anyway, but the, so I don't do things for free. I just don't want that to get around town. Totally. I'm not just hanging out with people. <laughs> I'm not out there just hanging I out feel with you. Couch, watching ESPN. That is not happening. I get a fair amount of uh, emails from people who are like, hey, Wyo, if I'm in Los Angeles, could I fuck you? I don't even know you. What? <laughs> so I feel you. I feel no. you. No, I don't even answer questions that are already answered on my website for free. I just tell them that I say hey, it's 50 bucks for me to answer a question that's already there. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So anyway, oh, so, you know, this person, this person in my life, you know, he's, I, I session with him, but we're, we're friends. We're like, we're literally very much friends. And he tells his girlfriends, oh yeah, I see Justine sometimes as a professional, but we're also friends and they're really upset by this information. And he said, well, what am I supposed to do? Lie? Well, what are you supposed to do? And, you know, he's going out with them and we have a professional relationship, but also we're friends. And, yeah. but again, it's this intimidation because of course they just look at my Instagram or something, which is the Justine cross um, on Instagram until I get deleted. But, um, you know, they're looking at me and they're like, Oh my God, who is this lady? I'm super intimidated and intimidating. And really, I'm just like, Hey, do you want to eat cheese and hang out? <laughs> what yeah. the girls that are so I don't know. It's just, it's just all those things so much, so much. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, how do you navigate the personal and professional boundaries? It sounds like they're pretty clear, pretty straightforward, like money, not money. Is there anything to say about that? Yeah. One of the best things I ever did for my money was like probably about 15 so years ago was I decided I will not spend any time with men unless they're paying me. I'm just not going to do that anymore. And that was like, a huge eye-opening game changer. And I'm so glad I did it. And I highly recommend everyone else to do that too. But, 
you know, there's a lot of overlap because like, you know, I'm creating all these different communities and there's a lot of like crossover, but again, it's like everyone really sees that I have very good boundaries. And even though there's some, you know, people have been bringing some weird things to me lately, like everyone really respects my boundaries because I've been setting them for like over 20 years. You know, I'm not having a lot of boundary stomping and, you know, I always kick it to a professional place or I split the difference or I say, okay, like, Hey, like you're my friend. And if you want to have like, you know, a 20 minute consulting call, like we can do that, but know that if you're going to be actually writing a treatment and a script, you need to pay me because I need to get paid for my labor. But just the same as like, you know, I refer friends who are business owners or have their own business, you know, I pay them for things or I would expect other people to pay for them. So yeah, it's pretty easy. It's pretty clear for me. Yeah. How has your sex work influenced your personal life? Do you feel like talking about that at all? Like, is there an influence? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I met my partner at the dungeon. So, you, you know? did? <gasps> yeah, I did. I met her at the first BDSM. And it's a funny story because her, her name is Jordan, which is, you know, a, also a male name. And I remember looking her up to screen. I was like, oh, God, what fucking guy is trying to come into my party? And I saw her and I was like, oh, I know you. Like, I had seen her kind of around town before. And then she came and she just came with her beautiful smile. And I was in like a couple of different relationships and things going on. And we were kind of dating or we were play partners and we took a break. And then I guess like in 2018, it was like on again. And then it was like on, you know, and it was just like so great. And then she moved in and we've been like together ever since and been in the pandemic together. And we're like more in love. You You see all these people breaking up all of a sudden now, if they've made it this long, all of a sudden they're just like out. And I'm like, babe, everything's cool, right? Like everything's all right. And she's like, oh my God, I love you so much. And I'm like, okay, thank God. I'm like, okay, you know. Yeah. So I think, you know, because we're, we're both doms. So we co-top in professional spaces. I'm in the dungeonette, (laughs) you know, but I think that definitely say in the beginning of the pandemic, when everything was, was on fire, extra, extra hard, it was like, Hey, just because I'm in quarantine with my partner and I have two dungeons, it doesn't mean like we're using them all the time because right. we're sad too. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think now the thing that we we try to fine tune is that like we do so much of the like classes and events and stuff in the dungeon that then we don't have it's sort of a burnout if we don't have like our own time and space to explore and do things. So we're trying to like fine tune that to figure out how to make it fun again for us. Yeah. Part of it is like, oh, if there was another event that was me, but wasn't me, I'd go there all the time, but I just haven't found it yet. So we are going out to some more things in Los Angeles, you know, sometimes with her and sometimes not with her because I just, I'm a show pony. I just want to go out and have people flirt with me and like, you know, play with them a little bit because I don't want to play too much with people I don't know because I do this professionally and I only want it to be with people that I really know and like and aren't going to get all feel, you know, so Yeah. So it's just like fine tuning that and curving out the time of just making sure like we're still doing the things that we love and doing the things outside of the dungeon that we love too. Yeah. Again, just like fine tuning that and making sure we're checking in and stuff. So lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Flora. 
As life's routine settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. This might be a very ignorant question, but how do two tops fit together? Like, how does that work? <laughs> okay, here, I'll take you through it. Okay, I just, you you know me, you've seen Jordan, right? Okay, so you've seen, you've seen this dungeon, yeah. you saw my other dungeon. I want you to imagine the hottest sex we could ever possibly have. It's hotter than that. All right, you're welcome. <laughs> Fuck yes. Damn, what a good answer. You're welcome. <laughs> Folks at home, why I was taking off for sure. <laughs> And blushing a lot. <laughs> I am blushing a lot. <laughs> um, yes, um, yes. Um, yeah, I just want to say that, like, you know, uh, yeah, two tops, quarantined at home for a long time that both worked together and sometimes had PMS at the same time together was a vicious thing. <laughs> but, um, sure. But we really care about each other. We really, like, check in and, like, it's really good. It's such a good healthy happy partnership and that's the thing that I want to stress the most where it's just so we we just communicate so well like when something happens we immediately fix it and it's fixed like it's not we don't have like a lot of like sometimes I read about couples who are like we've been having this argument for 10 years and I'm like oh my god I'm tired of you (laughs) like you know it's like what is this argument why are you why don't bother with this you know and we just it, it's like fixed and then it moves on. Yeah. I mean, the things that we can do for ourselves, it's like, you know, other people we can't control as much as we would like to, but the things between us, like it just works really well 90% of the time. And then the 10%, if a problem or something comes up, we sit down and we talk about it and we figure it out and we, we get solutions. And so you feel very like cared for and, and comfortable. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So broadening out, what would you say you've learned about social and or cultural norms through your work that has like either surprised you and or that you'd like to shift? Yeah, I I think it's like back to like what I've already said, but I'll just include another funny story, which is like, you know, I just I really want partners to be authentic about what they want in a relationship and what they want in sex and kink. Mm -hmm. And I just can't stress this enough. And it's been a really beautiful journey, which again, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. So some of my clients have been seeing me for well over 15 and I've had some clients who I saw solo, then I would see them as a couple. And then sometimes they just come and use the dungeon. And that's like a really beautiful 
arc. A little less money for me, so right. if that so give me a little bit more, <laughs> a little less, there, a little bit more. So so that's really beautiful. But I think that you know, I remember talking to a client in the Midwest, and he said he was coming to see me, and he said, "Oh, I'm just I need to be back soon because it's like I told my wife I was at church, and I said, "Oh, well, you know that you weren't at church because." She's the in, and without skipping a beat, he says, "Oh no, we go to different churches." And I was like, "Oh my god, she's seeing a sex worker too!" You know, I mean, like I don't know, what was, <laughs> you don't know what she was doing. But they both, and neither of them asked each other any more questions about it because it was clear to me they were both lying about something. And what this guy wanted was super innocent. He just wanted like tickle time, which is. All I did in Chicago, but anyway, like tickling sessions and stuff. So, but I just like, that really struck me. And I said, wow, you don't have kids. You've been married for 20 years. You're, you're basically, or over 20 years. They're basically semi-retired. And I said, why? I mean, I guess there's a lot, like you don't want to rock the boat, but I'm a little less reactionary to people who have been in a relationship for 20 or 30 years. And, you know, you have mortgage, you have kids, all of these things versus people who are in their twenties getting into relationships where they're already like lying about who they are and like what they want out of a relationship. And I'm really shocked when I've seen it for people my age or younger. So like in their twenties and thirties. Yeah, I definitely want that to shift and change. The the World Wide Web is out there. You can find what you want out there. You really can. You can find anything you want on the internet. You you might not want to find some of the things you're going to find on the internet, but you will absolutely find it. For sure. Do you notice any specific trends or shifts specifically within the BDSM and or dungeon world just in the time that you, I mean, you've been in for two decades. Like, are there trends? Are people talking about butts more? What are you noticing, if anything? There are certain trends of that kind of thing, but I think the thing that I notice the most now, and again, this is like me operating at one point two dungeons that were pretty, and I should also explain actually the the way that I run the dungeons is that they're not commercial dungeons where there's a staff, it's a rental only space, so you can only rent it. What I found the difference is now when women contact me, it's not to ask to be hired as a dominatrix, it's because there's definitely a shift where first the shift was they're coming in to rent the space. Then the shift was, oh, I want to do a couple session with my male partner because this is something he really wants, or this is something I really want. And now there's a shift where women are coming to see me, <laughs> which is the best. So now I'm getting a lot of women. And again, like this is, I've been doing like the work in the queer community for a really long time. And I always kept it very separate, but it was like, wow, I'm seeing a lot of women come in and that's really awesome. Or, you know, gender non-conforming, non-binary and stuff. And that's like a huge shift. And that's awesome where women are just like, yeah, hi, I want you to do mean things to me, lady, and make me come. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's been a huge, huge shift. And sometimes it's the guy that's the reluctant one. The woman's like, yeah, let's go for it. And, you know, sometimes the guy's like, I don't know. So that's been a really welcome and awesome shift because I never hired and it was really annoying when people would always ask me to hire them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so cool though. What would you love to celebrate the most about your work right now? My Louboutins? No. (laughs) Yeah. What I want to celebrate the most is the connections that I know that I'm making for people. And, you know, I have like a little cards in my desk drawer here about all the nice things that people have said to me and written to me, how I've like absolutely changed their lives. 
you know, maybe that's like a trite phrase that gets thrown around a lot, but, you know, I have to remind myself of that when I have hard days and I'm interacting with people or things or situations that I don't really want to interact with to rise above that. Mm -hmm. And to really remember that, like, I really have changed people's lives for the better. And in some cases, like literally save their lives. But again, wait for the memoir. And that's just like really beautiful because it's like, you know, there's a lot of not super awesome things going on right now in the world. But it's like what I always come back to is like the communities I've built. And I know how much joy it brings people, whether it's like from the book club to like the play party and like everything in between. I know that people do see me and they're like, thank you, Justine. Like you, whoa, hey, thanks. Like good times. And I see you, you're doing the work and it's good. And I I just got to remind myself of that. Like I had like a bit of annoying news and I'm like, oh my God, this is so petty. This is stupid. Mm -hmm. Like I'm changing people's lives. Who cares about this bullshit? (laughs) You know, who cares about this petty ass shit? You know, yeah, Yeah. always elevating, bring it to a bigger, higher place, you know? And on that note, where would you like to see your work lead? Like what are you most excited to explore or grow going forward? Yes. Way overdue for me to have my own podcast. <laughs> um, I, I really do want to do that. And, you know, I've been thinking about like having my own like actual show like on TV or something yeah. and then eventually writing a book. I mean, again, I have a very strong writing background and that's always what I am planning on doing. So just, you know, bigger things like bigger speaking engagements, bigger lecture talks and and things that I'm doing where I again, like I really love working the room and like really connecting with people, even if it's in a group setting, which is really hard to do, you know, unless you're some really like weird, sneaky, like salesperson, like NLP, well, which they are, but I do it like, but I'm only encouraging you to do good things like, but Exactly. (laughs) And I just want a bigger audience because it's like, I feel like I've exhausted my tiny little spheres. I want just everything on a bigger scale. Fuck yeah. Okay, so if you could wave a magic wand and teach everyone in the world something about sex, what would you teach? (laughs) I encourage people to move towards their own pleasure. Mm. So whatever that pleasure is for you, I want you to move towards it, which I'll probably do after this podcast. I need like a stress jerk off break for sure. Totally. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that that's it, you know, as we discussed the shame and stuff, but it's just... Yeah, really connecting with pleasure. And I am trying to just do that, like in my personal life of just like the daily, just like, you know, like the daily grind that gets to you and just sort of being a little bit more intentional of the pleasure that happens that isn't even like sexual or kinky and just being like, wow, I actually really have a lot of pleasure just sitting out on my balcony and drinking a cup of coffee and really sitting with that moment. Otherwise you're just like, oh, I'm out on the balcony. I'm drinking coffee. Cool. It's nice. Whatever. I have a nice view, whatever. But I'm like, wait, let me just like really this is like a pleasurable fucking experience right now. Like yeah. a lot of people would love this. They pay good money for that. I pay really good money for this. Like yeah. just sit here and like, like Costa Rican co- well, I, I don't buy my own coffee, but the point is, is that like to just like really find pleasure in even small moments and to allow yourself those small pleasures of like getting truffle aioli at Trader Joe's or, you know, or just understanding how your body works and what you need to, have pleasure or to get off and just be cool with that. And if you're with someone who isn't cool with that, oh, guess what? Go find someone else. There's 7 billion people on this planet. Yeah, Many of them really enjoy giving pleasure and making sure someone is having a good time. That's such a good point. And when you put it like that, there are literally billions of people out there who are into butt stuff. And so many of us are keeping it secret. <laughs> 
Like literally billions. Okay. Wow. Billions. Okay, so this fantasy brainstorm is maybe a little old hat for you since you already have a beautiful, perfect space. But imagine there's a creative space that's part sex ed museum, part erotic art gallery. It has a secret members only dungeon down below or maybe at the top. It doubles as a co-working space slash set for erotic performers and models during the day or week. And the whole place has educational workshops every weeknight and afternoon delight play parties on the weekends. So those of us who have a hard time staying up late can hang and you are tasked with designing one of the rooms that's the main attraction. So it can represent you, promote your brand. It could be an offshoot of one of the dungeons, reflect any values you have, and you have an unlimited budget. What is it like? Oh, so this is like how to build a sex room, but like... <laughs> I guess it is. I, I guess I can yeah. watch that show. <laughs> huh. That's hard because it's like, I feel like I... Yeah, you're right. It's like, I really have designed my spaces or my space now to, to really be like that. Mm. What else would I want there? I mean, like there's certain things that it's like just budget and space. I think like there's a lot of things that I would, I would be interesting to put into a space that involve technology that I don't even know like how to do or having something like a a room with like a two-way mirror. Like I said, well, I love interrogation scenes. So that would be hot anyway, you know, something like that is super fun. Like things that like I wouldn't be able to put in my space. you know, doing that. And there's some things that I'm thinking about that I'm like, oh, I could still do that in my space. And I just haven't done that yet. I think it would have to be things like, you know, like secret bookshelf case kind of things, like where there's like a speakeasy in the dungeon or, you know, like the upper floor, but that's like VIP only and stuff. But I think that like so much of what I do is really trying to make it like to demystify and to make it welcoming and to things that are really accessible to people. So I don't know why, but I think because I'm thinking of this episode on Golden Girls where they have one of those couches, those round couches, remember from the 50s kind of thing? Oh my God, In the middle, like having more like cool, weird shit that I don't even, I'd have to like find like a really kinky like architecture engineer. So we could be like, all right, we're going to have like people coming out from the floor, down from below, you know, from above, stuff like that. And I think you said this, but just, yeah, having like a store attached, like I have like a mini store now and just having more things available for people to, you know, to try. But yeah, it's so nice to see so many beautiful spaces now. And they're really, I mean, they're all inspired my mind. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, they are literally, but it's so nice. I think just seeing how many more spaces there are now that are kinky and sexy and how beautiful they are designed where it's like when I started, it was literally dusty ass gargoyles in a purple room. And you're just like, Oh, and now they're like, they're not in the dark. They're literally not in the dark. They're actually these beautiful spaces. And some of them aren't necessarily my aesthetic, but they're still beautiful and just well done. And it's really nice to see people putting money into a space and having it be this really space that's like that you hold it in a high regard. It's not just like, oh, we'll just like throw some shit together because no one else has anything else to how to do this or how to make this. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like the space you have created is a whole experience. Mistress Justine Cross, remind us one more time the best places to find you on the Internet. Thank you. Yes, this is Justine Cross, and you can always find me on my website, which is losangelesdominatrix.com, and fill out the booking form if you want to spend time with me. And then if you want to connect with me or follow me on social media, you can do that on Instagram as the Justine Cross and on Twitter as Justine Plays. And then if you want to check out my dungeon, it is Dungeon East, and that is at dtladungeon.com. Um, and the 
Instagram and Twitter are all there as well. All the information for my sessions and classes and rentals are all, all the information is on the website. So please go to those websites. Fuck yeah. And if you enjoyed this episode and the information that you received, maybe go to wishtender.com slash Justine Cross. <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Wyo.